welcome. Clearly, we haven't been on here in a very long time. All right. It's been a minute since we've done this. But what we're talking about today, um, it is International Women's Day. Yes, every day we should be recognizing women, right? Just like Black History Month should not just be on fe in February. And um, Hispanic, Latino, International or History Month should not just be September. But um, anyways, we are celebrating International Women's Day by talking about and highlighting women's, particularly Black and Brown women's mental health. And this sort of came up after last night. Um, so many people tuned into Oprah's interview with uh, Meghan Markle. And I was like, we need to talk about this. Did you get a chance to watch it? So be fully transparent. I did. Did you see it? Alisa sprung me this on me, and I was like, I haven't even seen it yet. <laughs> so I watched, I watched the majority of it. Yeah. What did you think? What did you think about what you did? Um, it was interesting. It was, it was obviously very sad. Um, it was extremely sad. I think she reiterated a lot of times, like, how difficult it is to ask for help and to, like, build up the courage to ask for help and to finally figure out, like, this is serious and I truly need to, like, figure out a way to get what I need and then to request it and not receive it was really heartbreaking. Um, so, yeah, so definitely it was um, it was very sad to watch. Um, of course, happy-ish ending so far, so good, you know, for, with them being able to kind of move away. But, um, but it was just sad that, like, as you request these things, especially thinking about the history of Princess Diana and all of that, and to just be denied and to not really have any reason why one you're being attacked in certain a certain way and then two to be denied the support and the help that you were supposed to get other than like race like that's the only thing that made sense as to why right. she was being treated differently and so differently i mean and i wouldn't even just say she was treated differently she was she's been attacked right like mm -hmm. she's been attacked repeatedly and they're basically throwing her out out there to the wolves and then not protecting her so it really got right. to think me to thinking so yeah we see her and it's on this really big level right like this great level not all of us are um in a palace <laughs> you know we're not all in a palace and can't leave so so her life was being played out in this very very public way but how many of us how many black and brown as black and brown women that's what we talk a lot about how mm -hmm. when we seek out support i mean I, we've heard this before from other clients and from from some of our followers who'll say you know i went to a therapist and i told them you know i'm struggling with these issues yeah. and then they tell me well you're a strong black woman you know you'll get through it yeah. like how often mm -hmm. does this happen to melanated women where we are seeking out support only to be ignored or only to be dismissed. Right. I think that's a huge thing. And like you said, we talk about it a lot where, you know, obviously, again, similar to what Meghan Markle was saying, when you finally get the courage to say, okay, I need to talk to someone. I need to seek resources. I need to figure out, I, I need to get some type of support only to be um, held to these uh, stereotypes of what a black woman is right um to be held to this like well you're so resilient look at everything you've been through already i don't basically sometimes therapists make it like they don't know how to support you if you have continued to live um such a 
successful on paper life, right? And I think that happens a lot when people present in a way of like, yes, I'm managing and I'm surviving and I'm not, you know, breaking down. We want to make sure that we are giving, I mean, sometimes that is being perceived as, well, if you've figured it out enough to like survive, if you figured it out enough to like have a degree and have this great job and all that kind of stuff, then do you really need my support is what it seems like happens sometimes. Um, right. Or the confusion of whatever, if everything is going well, then what's the problem? It's like, well, I'm having a hard time managing this going well. Like this isn't working out very easily or it's not, it, it's hard. And I think sometimes we just feel like, well, if you're doing it, just keep doing what you've been doing. Right. As opposed to like, yes and I think so much of it because is it that you really believe that I'm strong is it that you really believe in my strength or is it that you don't value my humanity right like is mm. it that you expect me to just produce 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 because that historically black and brown bodies that is what we are used yeah. for we are used for production and there was no time for rest and there was no time to stop and tend to our self-care right mm -hmm. people didn't care yeah. just get done what it is that you're supposed to be doing so how much of that is really uh impacting also that people don't always see us as I don't know if I would say as human, but they don't see our humanity in that, yeah. yes, I can be strong, but I also need support. And then not only do they not see that we need support, but that they don't value, that they don't yeah. value providing us that. Because that's what I was so struck by was she is crying out for help. Like what? not even like a lack of mental health awareness. Like it's not even like you have to be like a lack of mental health awareness or, mm -hmm. or not fully understand, but somebody is crying out to you repeatedly and saying, I don't want to live. I need help. Right. She's not saying mm -hmm. she's not, you know, trying to get attention. Like she's saying, get me some, somebody to help me. And what, what, what goes on in the person that is hearing another human calling out for help and is basically their life is is in danger, right? Because right, saying, right. I'm scared mm -hmm. I might hurt myself. And you just ignore it. You just ignore yeah. it. It just falls on deaf ears. I mean, what does that say? What does that say? And like we talked, what we talked about a little bit ago was, would this happen if it was anybody else? Did I lose you? Oh, I can hear. I can hear you. Okay, there you are. Would you say would this happen? That was a if it was anybody else. If she, if if she, I mean, if race wasn't an issue because she was clear on a lot of things, but she's like, you know, you can't. It's hard to not think that it was an issue. Right. Right. I th it's interesting because I feel like this is a struggle that a lot of times our communities go through, just in living in society. Right. The expectation that you're supposed to do what you're told and then everything else will work out. And I think that's the the way she tried to go about it, right? She tried to like, they said, don't respond. We'll take care of you. We support you. We have your back. We're going to make sure you're good. That are all these things that were told to her. And so she was like, okay, 
Let me do what I'm told. Let me act as I'm supposed to. Let me be royalty in the manner that they've told me I need to be in order to get the support that I need from them. And then it sounds like very um, quickly, I wouldn't even say slowly, very quickly, she realized, uh oh, sorry. I don't know how to use iPhones. Oh, okay. You know, it's my business line now. Uh, <laughs> but very quickly, she figured out that that wasn't happening right and I, again i think that's something that we go through in black and brown communities a lot of times it's like this if you just act accordingly if you just assimilate if mm -hmm. you just follow, follow the, the rules. rules get a degree make money pull yourself up by your bootstraps then everything will be okay and we have seen time and time again that that's not the case like you can't you can't um i don't i want to say get ahead but it's very difficult to be treated like a human to be seen um, like a human when you're just falling in line of what the people that have oppressed you forever have, are telling you to do. Like yes. it, it doesn't, it doesn't always, I don't even say always, it doesn't make sense and it doesn't work. Um, and right. so I think that's a big part of her story is, and I, and I get her frustration because she said part of it is her saying like, I literally have been working with women's rights and wanting to help them. I was silent, uh, which I'm glad Oprah made that point of like, were you silent or were you silenced? But I think oftentimes we feel as though we, um, you know, we're doing what we're supposed to be doing to help or to to do what's right. And then it just doesn't, it, it, it gets thrown back in our face that that just wasn't enough. Even when you're doing what is being told of you, it still wasn't enough. Yeah. And for those of, there's a lot of people coming in, some new people coming in. We are talking about Oprah's interview last night with Meghan Markle as it pertains to how often are Black and Brown women's, how often is our mental health ignored even when we are crying out for help, we're crying out for support. That's what we're talking about today. If you want to add comments or if you have a question, please um, pop it in. And I think that part, what you said about being silenced the other part that I got from it is, have you ever had those dreams where you are screaming out, but either like nothing's coming out or you're screaming and nobody can hear you? And that was mm -hmm. more of what I was hearing. It's like, I'm screaming out, I need help, you know? And it's just kind of going into this black hole, this abyss, and nobody is hearing my cries. I, you know, she's also so fortunate that her husband, Prince Harry, um, is it Harry or Henry? Because I typically, let me just say this. I don't follow the royal family. Me neither, but it's Harry. But... <laughs> I don't follow yeah. like, their story. I typically don't. It's just last night, for whatever reason, I tuned in to, because it's Oprah, and I tuned in. And I, I'm glad that I did because she spoke about so many topics that we talk about, but her husband, right. right, the prince, how how wonderful that he was there to listen to her. And even the pressure that he had to feel because of the stigma around mental health and, and, to, and to still kind of take the steps also to be there to do what his wife needed in order for her to be okay. I mean, that took a lot for him to be able to walk away. He's always, I think, been more of the rebellious one. Yeah. <laughs> you know? But what, you know, how often do we find ourselves in these situations that you're telling people, I'm struggling with this, or I'm struggling with that, and they're like, you know what, just kind of suck it up and, and or, or just keep going, you know, it's going to get better. They minimize it, they sugarcoat it, uh, give it to God, pray harder, 
you know, but how often mm -hmm. are our cries for help just not taken seriously? Uh-oh, it froze a little bit. Okay. Um, sorry. So, you know, what, what struck me with that, um, one of the things was, one, the fact that it was very clear that they seem to have the belief of, like, it's us against whatever, right? Which I think in those situations, especially when we're talking about um, something that big and that monumental, and I like the way, the fact that she kind of compared it. She was like, as an American, you know, you're thinking about, oh, it's just celebrities. And then when you're in it, you're like, oh, no, this is way deeper than, you know, like, this is not, yeah. like, just, like, a celebrity family. This isn't Beyonce and Jay-Z family. Like, this goes way <laughs> deeper than what you think it is. Yeah. And so I think to to recognize that even though this is this, hundred thousand year old um system that has been in place um and has worked the way it's worked for so many years for them to recognize that um and of course for me being a relationship therapist this is where my mind went that like our marriage is priority and our relationship with each other takes priority so as my family who i've been raised with and who i'm sure he loves and cares about are telling me these things I'm making sure my wife isn't blindsided, right? I'm making sure she knows what's going on so we can make a decision about what is best for us, especially when she's telling me she's struggling and she needs help. So I, I really appreciate that the marriage and that relationship took priority over the crown, over the, 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 the family, um, because I think it could have been a completely different outcome. But yeah, it just, it could have been a completely different outcome if they had not made that a priority um, instead of, I mean, the way he did it. So I think right. it's just amazing to find the fact that she had someone, and of course it's great that it was her husband, that she did have at least one person in that that, that yeah. was truly, had her back and was about Listening. her first. Mm -hmm. And the other piece that also struck me was when she talked about how, how, if you saw her out and about, she gave the example of going out to that one event and uh, somebody taking some pictures of her. And it was right after her sharing her suicidal thoughts with her husband. And you look at the picture, she looks gorgeous, right? Like she looks gorgeous. Right. And so how often do we do that? Like, do we just present as best as we can and we show up? And so that's, People don't think that there's anything wrong because, you know, you look so good on the outside. There, there can't possibly be anything going on with you on the inside. So, you know, I think that's the other part is as friends, as family members, why we have to also not take for granted that people go through stuff that we may not even know right? Like not take mm -hmm. for granted if we do have, you know, like if you come to me and you share something, of course, I'm going to listen. But let's say I didn't have all this back, like what? But y'all, you know, maybe it's uh, relationship help, but y'all look like the perfect couple. I thought y'all was perfect. And right, I thought you were right. happy, you know, because you're doing so great with work and all this. We just don't know. And we need to continue looking out for, for one another because that's, that's what's such a big part of our communities as well is that interconnectedness of looking out for one another. So not only you seeking the support you need, but looking out for the people in your life. And if you notice any changes in them or if they're expressing to you that they're struggling, it being so important that we really take it seriously. No, definitely. I think that is a big part of like that sense of community, right? That 
knowing that you have people that are basically going to make sure that you're okay and going to look out for you. And even to the point of, you know, I think she was talking about how she doesn't really see, she didn't really see a lot of the stuff, which was helpful in one sense, but then worse than the other one, like her friends and her family are like crying and upset and like, oh my God, I can't believe they're saying that about you because of course these are the people that knows know her best, right? And so to know that you don't, it, I even think about like with the people I care about and to know that you don't even get to have access to them like what make me so concerned about like, well, how are you doing though? You know, because if I, like she said, she was a very social person. She was very much a person that had a community and had a full life. And so to have that, all that stripped, it sounds like they were very aware that this is, you know, someone, this is, she's struggling with something um, or she may not be handling this as well as she's telling us because we know who you are and we know how you are. And so, like you said, sometimes it does look picture perfect, but I think they were still kind of reaching out like, this, you know, this is bad and this isn't who you are. So what's happening, you know? So it, it, it's hard though. Cause like you said, you just never know which yeah. way it's or how it's going. So we want to give you all some tips on what to do if you are crying out for help, you're being ignored, people are not listening. Um, well, first of all, we want to say, keep talking until somebody does listen. I think about her really feeling trapped, how she described mm-hmm. it. You don't understand. They took my keys. They mm-hmm. took my passport. And so there's this sense of powerlessness, right? And that we know with mental health, we know the way that trauma works. Anytime that we feel powerless, what that does to us and how that mm-hmm. impacts our mental health. So how can we begin to feel a little bit more empowered? So The first thing is we want you to talk and talk and talk and keep sharing your story and keep reaching out until somebody listens. Somebody listens to you. If you are having suicidal thoughts, if you're having suicidal ideation, the suicide prevention hotline, you can reach, you can, you know, chat with them. You can, you can talk to them. I'm going to put their number in here. Um, It's 1-800-273-8255. I'll put that in the comments again. Mm -hmm. Um, The other thing is reach out, reach out to a family friend, reach out to a trusted church member, anybody. Don't be ashamed, because I think that's the other piece, especially for our communities, we're embarrassed, right? Like we're embarrassed to reach out because of all of the stuff that we've heard about therapy, that we've heard about mental health. But what do you mean you have suicidal thoughts? Like, I don't want people to think I'm crazy. I don't want, you know, what are they going to do? They're going to put me in a straitjacket. You know, all of that stuff that comes up for us because of the stigma around mental health. But reaching out to a family member who, you know, what do you think from your perspective is the, the toughest reason for people to reach out, even if it is to a loved one? I think it, like, what you said is like the fear of like the, the judgment, but I think also with that, a lot of times when you, especially when you are the person kind of like, if you, like she in the beginning was like, it's fine. They got me. It's fine. I think part of that probably is the embarrassment of like, I really thought that I was good. Right. I think sometimes when we, when um, we are, um, we think we know what's best or we think we're doing what's best for us. 
um, sometimes it's hard to ask, to come back and be like, I was wrong. And these people aren't here for me. And these people don't have my back and they're not supporting me. And so to have to like admit that may be difficult. But I also think that sometimes when we are, especially if you're the strong person in the family or around people that you care about, then it does kind of feel like, well, I don't want them to think that I can't do this. But the reality is it's better to be proactive um, and to go ahead and seek the help that you need and seek the support that you need than waiting until it's to a point where you don't even have the energy to seek it. Because that happens a lot of times when we get to a point where it's just like, I can't ask anyone, yeah. right? I can't reach yeah. out because it's gotten so bad. So we, we definitely want you to be a lot more proactive in that. Um, and, and it doesn't, as Elisa always says, you don't have to be in crisis to seek help. You don't have to be in crisis to go to therapy. Like, trying to when you starting to recognize that something isn't right this doesn't feel good I'm feeling powerless I'm feeling hopeless I'm feeling like I'm having a lot of days where I'm struggling then start seeking support at that point don't wait right. until it gets to the point where you you know you feel like there's no, no there's a you're at a point of no return yeah yeah so make sure that you're and, and have a plan right like I think all of us should have a mental health plan I think we should all have like a potential mental health crisis plan, just like we're here in H-Town. So we have hurricane season every summer, well, end of summer, whatever, whenever. <laughs> we have hurricane season and apparently now we also have to prepare for snowstorms. Oh, so, but... <laughs> That's so weird. Right? Like now we also have to prepare for that. Um, have a plan. Have a plan for when the storm is going to come. Have a plan for when the hurricane is going to hit, not for when mm -hmm. the hurricane hits and the power is out and you can't reach anybody and you don't have any more fresh water and you hungry and you're not sure when, you know, like yeah. and the streets are flooded so you can't get out. Have a plan. And I think we should all have a plan, especially these days with so much going on in our lives with COVID and last year, I mean, Yes, we should all have a mental health crisis plan. Who am I going to reach out to? What am I going to say? Maybe I'll tell them ahead of time. If you have a history of mental health challenges, <clears throat> mental health issues, if you've been diagnosed, you know, with some, some mental health, um, you know, illness, it's even more important that you have a mental health plan and that people yeah. understand if I kind of disappear for a while, go check on me. Because I have a tendency of isolating myself. I'm not going to reach out for you for help. Check on me. Let me know, you know, make sure that I'm okay. And, and don't listen to me if I, you know, if I tell you, no, everything's good, but you're, you're seeing that there's a difference in me and, and isolating myself. The part that you said about she had a community, here is another example of how we need one another. We thrive in community and, and why we need to have at least a couple of folks or even just one person that we can rely on. So make sure you reach out to a trusted friend, contact the therapist. Like Ebony said, you don't have to be in crisis to go to therapy. There are so many options. I know a lot of the times it's like, well, how do I pay for a therapist? Therapists are mm -hmm. expensive. Yes. And no, right. There are so <laughs> many options. Yeah. There's so many options. Yes. If you seek out someone in private practice, 
the rates may be a letter higher, but that's not always the case. You have people who have sliding scale available. Ask them if they have sliding scale. Ask them if they have therapy scholarships available. If you have a local college, a local university, they often have a clinic there for their psychology students. They can provide low, um, low fee counseling. Uh, Ebony, you yeah. can share some of your favorites of where they could find a therapist. Definitely, um, universities typically have free counseling. Community centers could typically have very low cost or um, sliding scale. Um, I, I think oh, Open Path Collective is a place where I think you pay like a monthly fee and you get to see counselors. So definitely, there are a lot of options for lower cost. And and I'm really big on expensive is relative. Expensive is you know. Um, based on your personal income, what's expensive to you may not be expensive to someone else. So instead of saying expensive, just saying it's not, not in your budget at this time, that person isn't in your budget. But there are plenty of other people. And typically, if you ask a therapist for um, recommendations, that can give you some recommendations of other therapists that can um, be in your budget, as well as checking with your insurance. Do you have insurance through your company? Do you have an EAP? A lot of times, employee assistance programs offer a few free sessions. So checking through those resources as well to yeah. make sure that you find someone. And then, of course, if you want to find a therapist, Nolan in the Mental Health has a, a director of Black and Brown therapists yeah. that are there to help you, and you can actually sort it by insurance or sliding scale or out-of-pocket. Yes, yes, that was going to be my next suggestion is that there are directories. Um, there are directories like, and I'm putting it here. There are directories like mullininandmentalhealth.com that you can go to to find a therapist. We encourage you to reach out to that therapist. Tell them what you need support around. Request a phone consultation. Make sure that it's a good fit. The other thing that I was thinking, even if you're on Medicaid or Medicare, they cover up to a certain amount of therapy sessions. Um, I, I think Medicaid, I think maybe it's like six or so. Um, but there are options. Do not give up. We know that it's hard. If you go to melaninandmentalhealth.com slash resources, did I get that right, Ebony? That's it. Uh, there is a wonderfully curated resource page there by ours truly, Ebony Harris. <laughs> Round of applause. <laughs> Labor of love. Labor of love. Such a great job with that. Um, what's it called? Um, so... I put it in there. Okay. So, um, <laughs> yeah. So give her, so give her a shout out after you go and get through that. There's so many resources uh, yeah. there, you know, mm -hmm. because maybe you don't need to see a therapist by, right now or you're not ready to see a therapist right now, but you want to get some more information. You want to learn more about what is this therapy thing uh, about, you know, what, what does therapy look like? I've never been to therapy. Am I going to have to lay down on somebody's couch? Probably not now because of COVID, you know, <laughs> nobody's laying right. on anybody's couch. <laughs> but right, that's right. a good thing. That's one of the benefits of COVID is that more clinicians are offering telehealth sessions. So find somebody in your state. Um, anybody in your state is somebody that you can see, which is really, yeah, that's really exciting for us as it pertains to finding a black or brown therapist, because maybe there wasn't somebody in your area before, but now after COVID, they're offering online therapy and, um, and they can help you. They can help you. So Definitely. that's the tips that we have for today. Yeah. Do you have anything else to that, Ebony? 
that's it. I think other than just understanding that your healing journey is, is your healing journey and you have to go the way that works for you. And while we are very, very um, pro-therapy, obviously we talk about therapy all the time. That doesn't mean that that's your first step. And I think that's part of the reason for the resource page is to their podcasts, their books, their other uh, community organizations and things that you can kind of seek and look into to see if there's some other way that you may need to start before you're ready to go to therapy. So just make sure that you're taking the steps to take care of you and making sure that you are whatever that looks like, like just again, be proactive and we don't want to wait until we are too far along to um, really get the help that we need. That's right. All right. We hope this helps and we are going to be doing more of these lives, right, Ebony? Uh -huh. Uh -huh. <laughs> yeah, we'll see y'all around. Yes. <laughs> Thank y'all for joining yes. us. Yes. And also make sure you're tuning into Between Sessions. Uh, we Our episodes are live every Tuesday, a new episode drops. Um, so there's another resource for you there. But take care of yourselves and we will see you soon. Bye.